When Shamrock Rovers got one back, tears came to my eyes. And we went two went up and I heard those thousands of Sligo people. I was proud and we went out and won. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. More drama here. Chilani. North. Elding. 3-2. They've been looking for Stenson's head away at the far post. And over it comes Elliot. Stenson! One more. It's brilliant. 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 comes quickly. It's episode 31 of the Bitter Red Supporters Trust podcast. We are brought to you by the White Hag Brewing Company. And it's the usual crew. We have Jerry O'Connor. Jerry, how are things? All good, Connor. Cheers. Magoo, how are you? I'm good, Connor. Good stuff. I'm very good, yeah. Thanks very much. And Sean, Don, how are you? Not too bad. All good. Um, So um, it was a, a... it was not. It was not the weekend or the number of days that we expected since we last spoke to you. Uh, we uh, have uh, a loss and a draw on the cards. Um, two away games, uh, two nil loss in Richmond Park to St Pat's and a one nil. Uh, sorry, one one draw uh, against Derry City. I suppose when when we uh, last spoke on the podcast, we were kind of hoping for uh, four points on the back of that. Um, two games, uh, but it hasn't it hasn't turned out in the end. So we're going to talk about those two games. Um, we are going to be joined um, later on uh, to preview our next game on Saturday evening in the showgrounds against Bowles uh, with Jordan O'Reilly, and he's coming to us from the Bowles fan podcast called uh, One Up Top, so we'll speak to him. Uh, we'll have a little chat around um, uh, our European opposition, HF, uh, the Icelandic team, who have lost another game in their league and um, they've just recently sacked their manager. Uh, I don't know how much we can talk about that really, but we will just touch on it later on. And uh, we'll also talk about our, um, you know, the, the, how the team has been set up over the last number of weeks and maybe how it contrasts to how we've, we played at the start of the season and um, whether we can kind of say for uh, or decipher anything from that. So um, we, we'll, we'll talk about all of that. Uh, thanks a million for listening to the podcast again. Um, it's incredible that we're 31 episodes into this little project. Uh, and we thank your support. And just to mention as well that um, after the Bulls game, um, or yeah, following the Bulls game, we're going to give away another case of the White Hag. So uh, get your beer scorecast in on uh, Twitter to us and on Facebook, uh, predicting the score for the Bulls game. We'll talk about that later on. Okay, so with all that, uh, Adieu, we were just before we hit record, we were trying to, well, I was trying to remember what happened in the, the Pats game. Uh, it seems that far back, but we definitely lost. Um, Sean, what stood out to you? What was the main the main thing that stood out to you? I mean, obviously we, we've we've another injury in defence. We'll talk about that, about that uh, on its on its own. Um, but I suppose I mean the performance was the most uh, apparent thing, or the the poor performance, to put it in in um, in simple terms. Yeah, the lack thereof of a performance really. Um, it was very disappointing, Connor. I thought first half in particular we were really poor. We just couldn't get our foot in the ball at all. Nothing, nothing was coming off us. Couldn't pass the ball five yards. Just wasn't happening. Whatever the reason behind that, I don't know. But we did turn it around slightly in the second half. We were a, we were a better version of ourselves when David Cawley came on. He definitely made a huge impact on the game. But when you're chasing a game like that, you get caught on the break, silly. And you go to a little behind, giving away a daft penalty. But that was... That was it. There was no real major talking points for us in attacking wise or anything like that. It was, it was just all dour, really. Unfortunately. Yeah, 
Uh, Jerry, did you take anything positive from the game? Um, not really. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Was it, is that a trick question? Yeah, but, but just a shy question, I suppose. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, there wasn't. Uh, look, um, uh, the one I I take the biggest. There's no positive take from it, but yeah. a huge negative in uh, McCord fraction is wrist. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's a massive, massive blow. Um, and you could even see. Uh, I know we're going to move on to the Derry game in a while, but we only have one of the original back four playing for us that night um, and that's what we kind of built our success so far on and to see McCourt you know I don't know how long he's going to be out for and I suppose it depends on what he can wear in terms of cast and stuff like that but what, what, do, we know about, what do we know about the injury? Um, but this wrist is, before isn't it? Yeah since your fractured wrist alright um, I, I don't really know anything about that sort of thing in terms of recovery or what you can do or what you can't do and Playing wise, I don't know if yeah. any you know. Magoo, do you know? Did you pick up any uh, anything in around the showgrounds or any? No, I just just know just what you what you all know yourselves. Fractured wrist. He's, he's had an operation. Um, I don't know anything more than that. I don't know about playing with a. It probably depends in on the wrist where it is. If you hear low, like if it's somewhere that will get easily knocked, if he's able to put a splint in it. Yeah. And then be and then be allowed to play with us, all that kind of stuff. I don't know. But like you're looking at I even with even being allowed to play in a cast, you're probably looking at minimum four weeks. Otherwise you're going up to six, probably. Yeah. Yeah. If he is allowed to play in a cast, though, it's not the same player, is it? He's gonna be a wee bit tentative himself. You know, he's not gonna take too many risks. Is it even worth it? Um like, That's, yeah. it's um it's a better better than a broken ankle, I suppose, like insofar as um, insofar as it's not leg related, but um, like it's another it's another Tell issue me. in what was once in what was in what was our most uh, cohesive part of the team, I suppose, our most reliable part of the team. It's another massive blow there, and like we're left with uh, John Mahan, I suppose, uh, Sean, the only person out of the back four um, from the start of the season that was performing so well. Yeah, he is. He's the sole survivor of it. So, and you you can tell by the performances as well. Like even like we were better against Derry, but playing out from the back and all that, we weren't the same side, and we're not even we're not stepping up as high. I think that's causing us an issue as well, because in regards to our press, we're we're a lot deeper, and it is causing us problems. Teams are coming on to us a little bit more. So it's well, get go on. Uh, I think. Uh... You could see that, I mean, I, I don't know if this is something the Pats did all the time or if, they, if it's a tactic they have all the time, but they really, they pressed us hard from the off, didn't they? I think that's probably where uh, where the first goal comes from. Maddie Smith's goal comes from the press, does it? I'm trying to remember. Uh, well, it does, it does come from pressing, yeah. But it's also Gibson trying to flick the ball over the lad's head there at the, at the edge of the area. Yeah, yeah. You know, and he gets caught on that. Yeah. So it's, it's just not the area to try that. So it's not. I know Magoo spoke about it as well. And made a great, few great points on the AMR about it, but um, it's not. It's not the area to try that. And we got caught badly, and that is like there is a couple of bits after that as well that aren't great in terms of defensive um, positioning and stuff like that. But that's where it starts. That's where it comes from. Um, is the worst case scenario, uh, Magoo, for in relation to injuries? I mean, we were trying. We were hoping with the small squad that we weren't going to find ourselves in this situation. Yeah, well, look, you know it's going to come injuries, but it's 
who they come to and what kind of injuries they are is the problem and key men and and long-term injuries. You know, I suppose if there was a positive out of the past game, it was when I saw McCork going off and he had the arm wrapped in a jersey, I thought it might have been a dislocated shoulder, which would obviously keep you seven, eight weeks probably, and it could be a recurring problem. So maybe that's a slight uh, bit of good news out of the game that it wasn't that. But, um, but yeah, the injuries, it's, uh, you know, it's key players. As Jerry was saying, uh, our start of the season, we built on the defence and then to lose Buckley, then McCourt um, in the space of a week really is was a big blow. Hopefully Gary will be back this weekend, but um, I don't know. It was um, funny enough, Connor. It was funny enough there, I think it was only about two pods back that we were, but I know myself, I was going on about McCourt and that he played, I think he's played every minute of every single game. Yeah, and He's probably been our most consistent performer along with Bulger and probably Buckley. So, you know, that's, I, I don't, it's it's a real, it's really, really disappointing for for him, obviously, but us as well, because we, we, we really rate him, you know. So, yeah. just played it, you know, he can play wing back or he can play full back and he can play even centre midfield, obviously, um, where, you know, I think um, uh, Bulger picked up his eighth yellow card against Derry. Uh, the other night as well so he's going to be out for two games where McCourt could have slotted into that position and I know Dave McCauley's there too but just with the Bulls game coming up and I don't want to be jumping ahead I just hope that he's available Bulger is available for that game and possibly miss the next two Yeah yeah, this is crucial I think one thing that well, that I've noticed as well since we've lost uh, Buckley at centre half is his influence um, in creating go forward play and attack play. I know, you know, he, he will move the ball accurately from back to front and it could be a long ball looking for Romeo. We saw it in the first couple of games of the season where he was playing, you know, what were long passes, but he was picking out Romeo in space and he was assisting Romeo from time to time. But Jerry, we lose, we lose that attacking momentum even by one of our centre halves being injured. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I suppose, like the two players that we've mentioned, um, McCourt and Buckley, they're, type, they're players that step out um, and they'll probably be bring the, the back line without even stepping out. They, they We're a little bit higher up the pitch, but also with, with that, they're able to step out with the ball. Um, like McCourt is well able to get down the line with the ball. Uh, Gary's is, like you said, he finds they're not long balls, they're long passes. So there's two elements of our play that we've lost in the last week or two, um, that kind of defines our play. Both of them, sorry, both of them very rarely lose the ball, neither, which yeah, is very calm. Yeah, that's I'm going to touch on that as well. It's just when they're playing out from the back, they never ever panic and they, they can play through the press. Yeah. yeah, so they can they can play through a press for us, and that usually can set us off in a counter attack very, very easily. So it can and creates a lot of space for us going forward. And I think it's even in and jumping way ahead here, but for the European game, McCourt not playing, I think it's going to be huge for us as well because he's so composed on the ball yeah. and backs himself a hundred percent. Yeah. And that's what I'm actually um most disappointed about is that you know, like with McCourt, he as you said, Sean, like he's very calm on the ball, uh, he can step out with it, but also he's a he's a fucking animal, like he's a beast. You know, you'll not knock him off the ball, he loves a tackle. 
Very um, switched on defensively, Jerry. Yeah, and like we need a few of those players coming up against these going to be stereotypical against yeah. Icelandic people, but they're generally a, a, a big race, and you, you'll have you know big lads coming up from the back or from all over the pitch for set pieces and things like that. And I just think you know we need all the the physicality and, and calmness that we we can and. Just we're losing that element, yeah. as you said, and that's probably the most disappointing thing for me is the European uh, yeah. games. You know, um, we're expecting players to come in now like Shane Blaney, and I, I know he hasn't had, um, when he has come on, he hasn't had a rubber to green, and, you know, a, goal, a ball comes off and they're in the Derry game uh, and finds the back of the net. No major fault to his. But when you do, when we are expecting players to come in, uh, Sean, they're not... They're not coming in under the best circumstances. Things are kind of being patched together a little bit now and people aren't getting, you know, I suppose another thing that I wanted to say, and we'll talk about this later is, I, I would, you know, I'll, I'll leave it to later, but like, it's it's difficult for the likes of, of, of Shane Blaney, isn't it? Well, it is considering the amount of football he's played lately. Like, you know, it's next to nothing. And that's nothing on the lad either. That's not a slide on him. That's just the circumstances that were there. But even like, you know, I know he got a lot of flack after the Pats game and that, but... Uh, I thought in Derry, there was a vast improvement in his game. I actually thought he was very good. And he was really, really unlucky about a deflection. There's nothing he can do about that. Mm. But all in all, I thought he was excellent defensively. And even he was a lot better with the ball at his feet too. He was a lot calmer. And it'll all come in time for him. He's still a very young player. Uh, anything else on, the, on the, the Pats game, lads, before we move on? No, just just on Blaney though. Um, look, sometimes you know he looking at him, he looks like a player. You know, um, he'd almost and don't take this the wrong way, but he almost looks like a Caelan Splan type player, right? Caelan Splan looked like a player, but he was he wasn't no. a player. Whereas <laughs> you know you couldn't see a player in him, but with uh, with Blaney, he look he looks like a player, and there is a player in him, and I think he will get better. The only downside is that with a 10 team division, and when you're near, you know, you're either near the top or you're near the bottom. So there's never really a good time to come in. Uh, there's no real adjustment period in a 10 team division because yeah. every game is nip and tuck. And it's just, yeah, that's, that's, it's tough going, you know. Uh, but the quicker everybody finds their feet, the better for us all because, yeah. uh, you know, you can look at ourselves. We could have went joint top on, uh, on, on Friday or sorry, on Monday night. Yeah. Uh, we were what, five minutes away from it. You know, you could find yourself fourth by the after next game. So there's no room for error, and um, yeah. So hopefully we we all get up to speed as quick as possible. You know, but it's funny, isn't it? Like, um, you know, we were looking for a minimum of four points on the back of these two games, but really not a huge because of the way results have worked out. Not a huge amount has changed table wise. Like, you know, at the end of it, you kind of go, well, it wasn't so bad. Like, you know, yeah, um, we've been saying that for a while though. Yeah, I know, and it, and it could. Well, all it's all it's doing is 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 the chasing pack are eating up the ground, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. We we've made we've had we have one point out of nine now. Shams have, she said, no, Shams have won. I think two out of the last eight games. Um, so it's it's given the likes of Bose and the Dock who had poor starts. It's given yeah. them a chance to make up the ground, and that's the worry. That's the that's the only worry you'd have, really. Like, and it's funny had, though. Had a nice big cushion there, the top three. And nice as you're saying there, Magoo, with the teams. You know, getting closer to us. Then you look at Drada. You know, they drop six points then on the bounce, yeah. back to back after their really impressive win over us. Apparently, that they were going to go from stride to stride and go for Europe, and then they lose their next two. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think it's going to be like that the whole way in through the season, though, isn't it, lads? You know, um, but if you if you put if you can get a bit of consistency, it's it's it it could make a huge difference. Like even three three and four games together. That's what Bosa found. You know, they've they they've steadily been on the climb now. They're climbing slowly, 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 slowly. Only lost one of their last nine games. Yeah, eking the way up the table, like you know, um, and like. Um, their striker who we, we said we wouldn't kind of touch on a barge pole a couple of weeks ago now is you know he can't but find the net um, so um, listen we'll get on to balls we'll, we'll, we'll talk about um, Derry briefly as well um, I mean it, w- it was definitely a much better performance in the Brandywell um, Sean it was a, a much better start it wasn't a, it was by no means a great performance but it was an improved performance I suppose on on, um, on Derry's on the St. Pat's game um, what was what was the difference? The intensity levels were up, so they were. They were far more committed to it against Derry. You know, we were faster on the ball as well. It was a lot of one and two touch football. It was a lot better. We played the we used the ball quite well. We just weren't creating chances, and I think that's the story of the the last few games for us at the moment. We're not really creating enough chances. Yeah, uh, the pitch up there is absolutely cat, isn't it, Magoo? Oh, it's horrendous. It's horrendous. I, it's... I said on the MR like, but. Somebody, somebody needs fucking. That's a crime, like to take up the pitch that was there in the stadium like that and put down that nonsense. Yeah. It's, it's like I think they're, like at this stage, you look at what we're dealing with um, in relation to three G or four G or whatever they are pitches in the league. Their, their, um, their reliability, they're detrimental to the quality of the football that, that we see. Uh, there's, I think, something needs to be done really at this stage, you know, because I. It's an e- it's 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 a cop out really for it's an opportunity to cop out for some clubs. But you know, kind of like people are talking about, you know, they'll help improve the league in terms of you know games not being cancelled or anything due to weather and stuff like that. But it's, it's going to it's going the complete opposite when you think that like clubs can't play certain players in games on three on these three and four G pitches, top yeah. quality players because of the risk of muscle injuries. Yeah, you know, that, so that it's pitches. actually detrimental to everything. Them pitches aren't 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 uh, for use. They shouldn't be for use in professional football. No, yeah, they've absolutely no place in professional football. They're for yeah. five sides and yeah. for yeah. you know junior football and stuff. And like training that. sessions. Yeah. Training sessions. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're not allowed them in the football league, so yeah. you know that's ninety what ninety 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 two clubs. You're not allowed to have them. So and if they're right, you yeah. know if we're if we're oh, serious, yeah. but look. Of course, we're not serious about football in this country, but if we were, they, we wouldn't have them in the, the top league. Well, you wouldn't Except see it. In, you wouldn't see it in the gal, would you? No, I don't know. Are Derry do Derry open that up in the evenings to to oh, the likes true. of that five aside football coming in and that and last even weather. even at that, I'm sure Derry is no more than slight same Sligo. Like we've got them all over the place now. They're not. They're too apparent. Oh, no, no, Jerry, I, I'm I'm using that as as a way of, like Derry trying to use it as a way to make money for the club. No, but that's what I'm saying. I uh, no, yeah, but I'm saying in, that they're in, all. I don't think it's the right thing to do. In Dundalk, well, can you go up at your fiver? Can you can you play a fiver side in Oriel Park on a on a? Yeah. that's like that is ridiculous, really, isn't it? Even yeah. as you know, even the idea of it of a professional football club allowing lads coming in to kick a ball about is a fun to raise a couple of quid is absolutely ridiculous. Like, and know. then they don't even have the proper equipment to brush it after. Yeah. yeah, but so, what I was trying to say at all, um, Sean, was that there's so many of them now, you won't make money on them anyways. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's kind of there's it's like when they first came in, it was like you know, there was probably one in each town, and 
everybody's making a few pound off and all that. But sure, like how many of them are in Sligo? Must be about five around the town. Yeah. And probably including Balsadere and stuff like that. So they're they're everywhere. Like. Um yeah, so it's it's just it's disappointing, you know. Um well what, what can we say about the about the game? It was a much better performance. Um although um um the the the, the goal was taken well, I suppose, by by Gibson. Um and maybe we maybe we'll talk about a little bit about how the team's setting up. Um I suppose when if, if Gibson or Romeo are in that position now and they're running onto a ball and they've got a goalkeeper to beat, so you're pretty confident now at this stage that um that they're they're gonna find the net, uh, aren't they? Um, Jerry, you're you're nodding your head there. You're so I guess my question is uh, getting on to the Gibson debate or opening up the Gibson debate, is it time to get him out of the number 10 position and get him into a more, uh, maybe less creative, but having a more penetrative um, um, effect on the game? Um, yeah, well, look, I suppose the first part of your question is, yeah, look, when you see him getting through like that, you're confident that he is going to finish. Yeah. You know, uh, he had time, he had a bit of time to think about it. We all had a bit of time to watch, and you're like, go on, go on, go on. But like, you, you're fairly confident that he is going to yeah, score. Yeah, but like last season, Roland Cockton's on that ball, and you're going, he's not going to score. He's, he's I'd probably turn here. back and pass it back to somebody. <laughs> but <laughs> that, that's that's the difference. We have we have like a, we have players who can finish, uh, but they're not uh, they're not getting into those positions enough. Um, yeah. And now we're expecting over the last number of games, we're expecting Gibson to be a creative number ten. Um, but we're probably better off if he could be in a number nine position and somebody feeding him balls. But that's that's yeah. the conundrum, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose the wording of taking him out of number ten is probably sounds a bit harsh, but maybe. Um, and obviously, that's and he said to us previously on the podcast that that's where he sees himself playing. Yeah. Um, but maybe particularly a lot of teams play three at the back in this league, and if he is on the wing. He has a lot of space to 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 run into uh, and to you know get the ball down and take people on and stuff like that. When we're going through the middle, it's with three at the back, it can be a little bit congested, and most teams play three, two, three, one, or whatever the case would be. So you have a lot of people in front of you to get around or to get through in the number ten position. It's a bit yeah. uh, congested, uh, yeah. So maybe somewhere like moving them back out to number ten and look in fairness. We were calling for him to go into number 10, but it's just congested in there. And I think he would—he probably would be better moving out, out wide again. Uh, Sean, in, in, I, I think there's, you know, he's probably been on to the manager as well saying, I mean, I'm only, I'm absolutely guessing here, but he's probably saying, I want to play number 10. I want to play number 10 at the start of the season. And the manager is probably true to his word is he's, if he's going to put somebody like that into a position, he's not going to do it for 45 minutes or for, for 90 minutes. And if it doesn't go well, go well, that's your chance over. Yeah. He's got to give him an opportunity to prove himself. And at, at this stage, it, he could, he could, the manager could be in a position to say, well, I've given you four games in number 10 and maybe now it's time to put you back where you were more effective. Yeah. And then I suppose, I suppose Jordan could throw up the same thing back to him and say, "Well, look, here's my goal record from number ten. Yeah, yeah. You know, and yeah, it's not that he hasn't been effective. He has been effective. Yeah. but I, I think he he might be more likely to score more goals coming in from a wide position. Yeah, but I think he, Jordan has been effective from number ten. But I think when he's out wide right, we're more effective as a team. 
I think he, he brings the team, but it works better for the team as a unit when he plays wide right. He creates an awful lot of space for himself. He attracts a lot of players to him. You've seen yeah. it when he was playing wide right. He was dragging centre halves and the left back to him all the time, which yeah. was opening up space inside. Like if I was the left back, I'd be, I'd be shitting his face in him, right? Or if I was oh. the less, less centre back, uh, particularly if it's the less centre back, because I think I'm going to be completely exposed then. If I'm part of the three and he's the number 10 I wouldn't be shitting it as much no because you know Cause I know I've got cover yeah but plus he's getting the ball with his back to goal yeah he's getting he's getting the ball with his back to you when he's getting the ball yeah. when he's getting the ball out in the wing he's already on the half turn he's standing on, yeah. he's standing over on the, on the sideline on the half turn waiting to receive the ball and then he's facing up to you and then you're in trouble once he has yeah. you faced up you're in trouble the goals and the stuff he's getting from number 10 is usually on the break when yeah. the ball breaks down for us it's on the break so you see the 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 goal he set up for Romeo, it was we brought it was a quick break up to Gibson and he played into Romeo. They're trying to push out near the halfway line, and we've caught them. The same with his goal at the weekend. The same with his goal up in Dundalk. Again, we've we've brought quickly yeah. up to Romeo, flicked around the corner, and Gibson's in. Coming out. Yeah, but they're only they're only split seconds in the game. Like it's it's not our build-up play that's really done that. It's, it's a quick break. We've won the ball and it's a quick break on the pitch. Whereas when he's playing on the wing, he allows us to have more build-up play and he allows us to get further up the pitch because he'll hold on to the ball. Once he gets the ball in that, on the wing and he's faced up, he'll hold on and run with it. And then like he could hold on to that ball 10, 15, 20 seconds and everybody's getting up the pitch then. And then we're creating a bit of pressure, sustained pressure up the pitch. And that's what I was going to say to you there, Magoo. Just sorry. Um, when when he has the ball in the number 10 position, like, are we getting people up close enough to him, you know, from, say, centre midfield? No, well, definitely not. No. Yeah, and, 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 like, that's that's an obvious problem. Um, that That's an, that's an obvious problem. Like, I mean, does it, does it change the type of player that we're looking to bring in? Are we now looking for a specific number 10 kind of player? Um, like, you know, Magoo, we were talking about it in, in the WhatsApp group, um, I had kind of suggested that uh, Gibson goes back to a wide position with um, with Kenny or Romeo in the nine and maybe um, DeVries in a number 10. But, you know, I, I do kind of feel that we're just kind of moving the deck chairs around in the Titanic at this stage. Like, you know, I mean, I want to get Gibson wide, but I don't know if we have, you know, the number 10 is the kind of, is the, is the, the challenge, you know, who we don't really have that exceptionally creative player who can work in those congested in congested areas as, as Jerry kind of said. Yeah. Well, he's probably your, he's probably is that uh, player, but it's not working. No, it's not working. As Sean said already, yeah. it's, 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 we're a better team. The more we get him on the ball, the better we're going to be. That's yeah. just the way it is. And, and if, and if, if we can't get him on the ball enough <laughs> in number 10, then we have to try and maybe put him back out to the right to get him on the ball as much as possible. It's, it's all about, Doing what's best for the team, as Sean said, and that's, you know, if that if that means putting them back out right, then so be it. Maybe best for like, the player too, if he gets I, on the ball. And but look, yeah, at, yeah, you can bring it back slightly, especially in the last couple of games. Does it coincide with Buckley being out at the back that we have dropped back that couple, them couple of yards, which has brought Bulger yeah. and Morahan deeper again, that they're not as close to Gibson, and even when they when he's receiving the ball, they're not going to be there in time for him. To lay it off and retrieve it again in a yeah. quick motion, you know. So like you, you think about uh, Dalyman Park against Bowles, um, yeah, where we ha we haven't seen where we have, you know, we've our our um, you know regular back four 
And Bulger, you're right, Sean. Bulger is um, looking to break into the final third of the pitch, you know, ball or feet. Immediately, all four forward players are 15, 20 yards further up the pitch. And it's a different game entirely, like, you know. Uh, but at the moment, we've got Morahan and Bulger who are struggling to get out of their own half of the pitch, you know. Because, well, look, and it's just the, the way things work out for the centre half, like Mahan and Blaney, they're playing five yard passes out to Bulger. Whereas the likes of Gary Buckley will ping a pass into midfield, no problem whatsoever. So you've already gained them a couple of yards and the boys in the turn. So it, it's, called, it's going against it, us a little bit. It affects, it affects everyone in the pitch too. You've like, yeah. the, likes of Rome, the likes of Romeo too doesn't want to be playing back in the centre circle. And Romeo wants to be around no. the box. Like, he has no interest anywhere else, only in, in around the box. And if, we're, if, we're, if we can't get up the pitch, then it's another man taken out of the equation. Yeah. Uh, just on on the Derry game, um, you know, Will Patching is obviously their their star player, uh, soon to go back to uh, Dundalk, I guess. But for the most part, we did kind of keep him. We we nullified him, I suppose, for the most part. Um, Sean, I don't know what uh, did you think that we kind of set out to? That was part of the game plan. Oh, well, that's it. Well, you you take Patching out of the game, you kill Derry's momentum. It's no, you know, it is as simple as that. Lately, he's been the the main stable behind their little uh, upturn in form, but Morhan did a great job on him. He was around him like fly to shade every time he got the ball. He completely closed them out of the game, so he did. There was only little glimpses of him, and then I think he even lost interest throughout. It, it looked like he switched off himself yeah. throughout the game, and he just he had no influence on it whatsoever. So he hadn't. Um, Jerry, I suppose we should also talk about the performance of uh, Ed McGinty again. He, he Across both games, um, he he did everything he was supposed to do, I suppose, didn't he? Oh, yeah, look, he's class. Absolutely class. Um, every single ball that went into the box, he came and he took and clean pair of hands every single time. Um, the the save at the near the, the pa- end. The patching the, save, was it? The volley? Yeah, the patching save. Like, you know, I I felt that we, we threw away two points and I think the majority of people did. But at the same time, too, without that save, we might have went home with no points. Yeah. No point. So, you know, it was a fabulous save, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I think, and there was a couple of, there was the scuffle at the start of the game as well. Um, I, don't know what, I don't know what happened there, but McGinty was in around that, you know, and we could have been two goals, or we could have been, it could have been a, a much greater uh, challenge only, only for him. Yeah. Um, like he's winning us a lot of points. Absolutely, yeah. He's worth his weight in gold, really, at this stage, I think, you know. And, and, and I don't think that's really been recognised enough. Um, you know, like, we're kind of feeling sorry for ourselves, which this fell out and that fell out, and we're saying, oh, you know, Gibson's scoring great goals, and which he is. Uh, best, I think he's our best player. Um, but McGinty doesn't get enough recognition for the amount of points that he's picked up for us this season. Goalkeepers really do, do they? They always fly yeah. under the radar, no matter how how well they play. Unfortunately, but he's definitely, as you say, Jerry, he's worth his weight in goal. He's been sensational this season. Yeah, and every good team, every good team that's going for a league title, I think it's for me. I think the most important player is your goalkeeper. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt now that he's the best in the league. It's like I know at the start of the season we were saying it, but I I always kind of felt that maybe Manus was still just probably because of experience wise, maybe even yeah. But, I, I just think uh, the last couple of weeks, I don't think there's any debate really at all, is there? 
Well, um, I haven't watched a lot of them, but the Bulls fans will tell you this: um, James Talbot should be in that conversation as well. No, I haven't seen enough of him. You don't but, see, you don't hear as much about him now as you would last season. I think he's kind of gone off the boil a bit, um, and he has made a few mistakes as well. Um, I he find was, him pretty Yeah, he was the the up and coming thing, the hot prospect, but you don't. There's not as much uh, um, fussle about him as there as there was. Um, so uh, look, and you know. If, in fairness, look, if there's a good player out there, we've we've no problem admitting it. But definitely, you know, you have to be looking at uh, as McGinty has been the best player, the best goalkeeper in the league at the moment. Yeah. Consistent, mm-hmm. and plus as well, it's just sorry, just one more point. We're talking about John Mann have to play with a different partner every week. Yeah, Ed, that means that Ed's playing with a different partnership in front of him every week. That's true. Yep. Yep. So. And a different um, right back and a different left back last week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we made uh, a triple substitution, didn't we? And uh, sorry, Sean, go on. No, just I was just going to touch on it there because I feel like he's he's going to fly under the radar as well, but nothing really said about it. Just for Regan Donlan stepping back in after not playing now all season, really. Thought he's been very good in the where when he's had to come in, you know, especially against Derry there as well. I thought he linked up really well with the freeze on the left hand side. You know, he was he was a good attacking threat and he was solid defensively as well. So you know that's encouraging to see while McCourt's out that you'll still get the a solid performance from Regan. Yeah. You always do from Regan though, don't you? Like Regan is a solid seven out of ten every game, every week. Yeah. Has has been for years. Like yeah. you know well he's never gonna let you down. It's the injuries that are to worry. That's keep the, all it is, yeah. Keeping him on the pitch is the big thing. If we can keep him on the pitch, we'd be sound. Yeah. Because um, wonderful left foot. Yeah. Yeah. Um what about the three subs in in uh, in Derry? Do you think um well, I think David Cawley was quite positive when he came on. He he definitely looked to... He, he probably gave us kind of 15, 20 yards as well. Uh, he just pushed everything up the pitch a little bit. Um, do you work, rate, work rate and aggressiveness. Yeah. Is he, yeah. Can we see him starting games coming up? Uh, he has to. Or is he, he has off the bench? He has to start. I would play him any position on the pitch. Any position on the pitch. If you're a good player, you can play anywhere. And he can play. You could put him at left back and he'd do a good job for you. 100%. And I think it's an absolute no-brainer. If he does not start, he, as Magoo was saying there, he brings that aggressiveness. He brings that intensity. And that's exactly what we need now. We need players on the front foot, willing to get stuck in, calm on the ball, give it, go, and that's it. So I, I would even play him on the right side of midfield if you didn't want to take Gibson out of the middle. Yeah, I was just going to ask, would you play him at number 10? Yeah, I know. I know, he, I know he played there against um, Longford. Was it? And yeah, Longford. It didn't really work, but that could have been a lot to do maybe with the pitch and and the Longford with the sitting back, defended deep. We know that Bows aren't going to sit back. Yeah, what's going to go with us? They're going to. He's be... not going to. But see, if Collie plays like he's not going to play that traditional number ten role, he's going to drop back in as a midfield oh. three, which is what I think we need against Bows because we need to drown out that midfield a little bit more. I don't know. I think he can play as number ten, though, Sean. I, I I think if he's, you know, if he's given that role, I think he. I know naturally he might drop into the to, to, to the three, but I I just think that, you know, we're looking for, for me, I'd play Johnny Kenny up top and I would play Collie behind him, and like that starts the intensity from the top end of the pitch, you know, and that's what got us to the top of the league, and we need that back. Put Jordan to the right, that like what we just talked about. That'll give him. You know he'll have more space, um, and I just think we're 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 on the front foot then. Well, that's what we've been missing. I would have him in 
110 percent uh is there any room for a 442 i just think we'll get swamped in the field yeah it's, it's, it's difficult to play 442 especially in in today's game it's rare you see a team you can play 442 because why is that well, it's just numbers in midfield, as Jerry's saying, there you'll get swamped out completely. So you will, you know, you our, our two wingers are going to play high. You know, they're not afraid of hard work. I'm not saying they are, but they're going to play high. That's their natural. You play Walter on the left, and even if you move Gibson out onto the what onto the right, they're going to step up higher. So they're going to leave plenty of space in behind. So you've only two in there, then you're in trouble. Like, um, unless we got, I think I feel if unless we get other fresh players in. Where it's going to be difficult for us to really make progress on, you know, this kind of four-two-three-one that we're 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 going with all the time. Um, so I, I I just wonder, like you know, David Cawley is an option uh, in the ten. You know, what what else can we do ahead of the the game in the showgrounds against Bulls that's going to make a difference? That's going to that's going to change things. I think we have to go with Kenny up top. I think we kind of have to make a decision in the time being. If they're planning on bringing in a striker, in my opinion, I think we need to make a decision on a striker and for the what for the games ahead. We need to say if it's either going to be Kenny or Parks because we're floating in between the two and the styles are completely different in terms of what we're doing. We're asking Johnny Kenny to come deep and receive the ball. That's not his game. You know, Kenny's a killer. He's, a, he's an in-the-box striker, so he is. he's going to get on at the end of things. He wants the balls in behind that he can run on to. He's a natural finisher. Asking him to do the with his back to goal, I don't think that suits the player at all. Even though, like, look, he got a, yeah, he got a great effort off against Derry where he takes the ball, plays it down to his left, and he gets a great shot off. But I think to get the best out of Johnny Kenny, you play him up top, you let him play high, let him play in behind, and that's where you get the best. And you have to work to that. And I think that'll suit us better as an attacking side as well. He had two good chances in the game, but both of them were from probably eighteen to fifteen yards out. The the shot that he got against in the first half was left foot. Was the first yeah. half, or I can't remember. It was good save from the keeper. And then the one where he just didn't get his foot around the ball to lob the keeper. But again, that was at an angle. Probably about I thought it was, for, it was about 25 years, years I was. I was further in. It was about 25 years, I would say. Oh, was it? Ah, yeah, it was. Yeah. So, but that's not where we want to get the chances. As Sean says, we want to get chances in the box. Yeah. Yeah. But that's part of our problem, though. We're not we're not creating shit. Like nobody's missing chances. No, it's, mm. creation is the problem. One hundred percent is the problem at the moment, and that's even for that. I, if if you play Kenny as the nine, I think if you have Gibson on the right hand side, I think you cause serious trouble for teams yeah. because Gibson's going to beat your left back for fun. There's no issue there whatsoever. We've already talked about it. And if he can fizz balls into the box, Johnny Kenny's going to be there. Simple as he's a predatory striker. He knows that he's. He has a great brain inside the box. It'll pay off no end for us. Um, uh, I'd, give, I'd, give Mark, I'd give Mark a burn a go on the left too. Like I know he's had, he's had the last few games on the right, but he, I think, haven't seen him for years, that he, he, he works better off the left. Is that his natural side, yeah? Well, he's right-footed, but he's always, he always seems to play left. Yeah. So. Um, I can't remember what game it was. It was in the showground. So one of the initial games of the season, Kenny was in the number nine position and Byrne was coming in off the left and the two of them. Oh, it was the Drada game. Dundalk um, at home. It was the Dundalk at home. Sorry, yeah, Dundalk game. Yeah. Where he where Byrne had the goal to the lounge. But Kenny and Byrne were, I mean, they were a real team in that game. You know, they were it was working Also, together. you're right though as well, Connor. It was the, the game against that loan where he set Kenny up for two goals. 
from the left hand side. Yeah, I don't know if you remember when back he, to that. When he came when he came on against Bowes away as well, he tore them apart. He was absolutely was on brilliant. Uh, he was brilliant on the left hand side. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, we should be picking the fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, so, so-called pundits. Yeah. <laughs> um, just um, we'll break away from um, league conversation for a moment. We'll just have a, li- a very quick chat as, as much as we can about um, our European opposition, HF. Um, they have had, the, I think they're about seven games. I should really have the, the Icelandic league table in front of me. I think they're about seven games into their season. Um, have they lost? They've definitely lost two on the bounce, maybe three on the bounce. Uh, Jerry, I don't know if you're more on top of this than I am. However, they have um, they've sacked their uh, manager, so um, I don't know. Maybe this is coming at a bad time for us. Uh, I don't know how much we can really say with any um, yeah with any kind of uh, meaningful uh, conversation around it. But yeah, well, uh, I think like, the the last four out of the last five, I think it was Connor, and um, with the last game. Uh, just before the manager got sacked, they lost that 4 0. I think it was on, it was on Monday or Sunday. Um, so he got sacked. He was getting sacked in the morning. But um, <laughs> yeah, so so the guy that came in is um, he's an ex manager of the club. Uh, yeah. He's also managed quite a number of the Icelandic teams, including the national team. All right. Jerry, you have done so, your homework. Yeah. So I was just reading about him, and he's actually a part time carpenter as well, but not to worry about that. Um, but yeah, look, he's got bags of experience. I think he's like 65 or something like that. Yeah. Um, and he's, yeah, so look, this fellow knows. He's, he's a steady hand who's going to come in yeah. and get them back on track, I suppose. Uh, yeah. Probably yeah. at the wrong time for us. We could have done with this the old uh, manager being in place for another month. Yeah. And let us get, give him the sack. Yeah. Because I had, um, Eamon Kelly was sharing a link online to watch them last, uh, was it Friday or Saturday night? Or was it, it was Sunday, actually. Sunday, yeah. Um, and I was half watching them when I was watching the golf, and you know, <clears throat> I was not impressed. They weren't. I mean, they were, they were beaten four 0 by another um, <laughs> Icelandic side, um, but they weren't playing any. They were, the football they were, it was not particularly exciting or entertaining or worrying uh, standard of football they were they were they were um, playing. So, yeah. I suppose um, it'll be interesting to keep an eye on their next couple of results. Yeah, well, this is it, and. Um, Really, if you the man to follow here on this is, is Amy Kelly on Twitter. He's he's all over this kind of stuff, and um, he's regularly posting about um, our Icelandic opposition. And uh, he'll uh, he'll keep you informed of what's happening, and he's he'll keep you on top of um, their forthcoming games. So uh, here's to here's hoping that their their current uh, poll run uh, continues. Okay, so uh, we'll turn our attention back to the game on Saturday against Bohemians in the showgrounds, uh, Magoo. Uh, how do you think this is going to play out? What's going to happen? I'd I'd probably happily take a dour, boring, nothing, nothing, not nothing game right now, and and then look to get six points from the next two after that. Yeah. Um. After that, just um, so people know, we're away to Longford and we're away to Waterford on July eighteenth, and we'll talk a little bit about that July eighteenth date um, before we finish up. Um, Donna, you're shaking your head wildly when uh, Magoo uh, wishes for not wishes, but says he'll take a nil all draw. I think it's I think it's I not wish it. No, I think it's I think it's imperative yeah. that we don't that we don't lose the game. Yeah, is is what I'm saying. And if it happened to be if someone offered me now a nil nil, I'd probably take it. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm, I only ha- I'm half messing. It is you can't lose, but I, I do think it's a must win. I do think we really do need to win this. I'm not asked about a performance. I don't care how we play, just win the game. Honestly, uh, okay. Yeah, I the following two games after that allow us to upper performance levels, and we can see it. We can see a different style of player come in then, but on it, just get through this game. Get your three points because. Bulls have built up a serious head of steam and I think we need to slow them down a little touch now. I don't think we can afford to drop more points and I'd be afraid going into the likes of Longford and Waterford away as well if we don't get a win soon that they could be really tough fixtures. Uh, Magoo said before, Sean, Magoo said before uh, the last two games that we, the fact that we're way, playing away from home for these two games was going to suit us. So does that make the challenge uh, against Bulls and the Showgrounds harder again? Just after the last two performances, I don't know. I don't know what way we're going to come out. That's why I'm just saying, just get through the game, just win the game by hook or by crook, just win it. I mean, but like, are we going to, we're going to, the, the manager's going to do the four, two, three, one again, isn't he? I mean, there's not, what's, what's going to, you know, what's going to change? Well, I think just as we touched on earlier on, I'd say bring you David think, Cawley. You think Cawley, Cawley on Jordan out wide? Yeah. I think that's the most sensible option. I think that is the most realistic option. I'm playing Kenny up top okay, and then whether he goes with Walter or Barron out wide left is another thing or if the free stays in the team as well yeah so uh, Jerry you'll definitely be looking for Alan, uh, Alan Cawley uh, you'll definitely be looking for David Cawley uh, in the starting 11 for Saturday no yeah no. 100% um, I just think we need to bring, bring that intensity to the game because a lot of the a lot of what Bohemians are about is intensity and you heard Jordo uh, there just on about uh, Devoy and uh, the number 10 or I can't think of his but the young, the young lad um, Tierney. Tierney. Tierney Tierney yeah like he I've I seen a few games that goes wow like he is a terrier he his intensity is is, is yeah. top class uh, he doesn't give anybody a second on the ball so if they're doing that to us we need to be doing it to them yeah. to nullify that if you know what I mean keep the ball up the top end of the pitch you know um, and just bring that intensity and so, from in terms of what I predictions and stuff like that. Well, just before you go to predictions, are you gonna? Um, do you think um, we might see Horgan in for Banks at right back? Yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to. Um, uh, look, you can say that conceding the goal in the 85th minute against Derry was unlucky. Uh, I don't think it was unlucky to be honest with you. Um, from the Derry throw in, uh, Jordan had to be out quicker. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is. You know, it, is. Yeah. You know yeah, you, it wasn't his best game. You can sugarcoat it, like you know, yeah. and there's no point. He he needs to be out there quicker. He gives him far too much space. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah but the, the 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 quandary or the, the problem that we create is that somebody doesn't have a you know a seven out of ten performance, and then they're they're bombed out of the team, and somebody else comes in, and you know when players are looking to come in, we're just not giving them an opportunity, particularly around the back four. There's 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 chopping and changing going on there. Um, even yeah, there, there probably is, but I, I don't know. If the, but having said that, why, why aside was, from our injured player, why, why was Horgan dropped in the first place? Then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so it's kind of six of one and half a dozen of the other. I wouldn't had out and dropped Horgan. I would have kept him in. Yeah, but and I would I imagine would've... I would imagine Horgan was dropped because the manager didn't feel that he was he he was offering enough width to the team. I'm guessing. I've no idea, but that's what I'm guessing. Yeah, but I suppose the thing you get with Horgan is that he defend things like where we considered the last night. You know, that doesn't happen. You Especially know. against he might get, Yeah, he might get as far forward as, uh, um, 
banks, right? But what you do get with him is a solid fullback. Yeah. Uh, he might do anything spectacular, but I guarantee you that ball wouldn't have got in uh, to the box if he had been there. Nothing against Banks, but they've both got different qualities. Um, I think as well, if you are to move Jordan out to the right, um, I think Buck, or sorry, Horgan would be the better player to have behind. Yeah, himself, okay. and, himself, and, himself and Jordan and Horgan linked on very well there at the start of the season. Mm. Yeah. Well, this is it. And he was part of, Horgan's part of the, the solid back four. back four that we saw, yeah. as you said, McGowan at the start of the season. So, you know, I, I think, you know, my logic is that we lose a bit of our uh, go-forwardness uh, in the fact that we've lost Buckley. So the manager says that we need to have, we need to offer some sort of attacking options from the back. And, I'm gonna, and we're going to sacrifice Horgan and put in Banks. But again, you're going to hook Banks now because he's had... Um, you know, a five out of ten performance against Derry. Yeah, but them the breaks, I suppose. Uh, I Jerry, you the, go on, sorry, John. Just against a team like Bowes as well. If we can get that solid structure to back four back, we'll we'll only be missing one player out of that, and Regan Donnan will step in for McCourt at a very high level as well. So to have Buckley, Mahan, and Horgan yeah. back there as well, I think that'll make a huge difference for us. Yeah, well, that's it. If Buckley's available, that probably you probably will see Horgan coming back in there mm. then. And just right. I, I think I think too though that 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 Banks's performances might be affected by not having Buckley beside him. Possibly, yeah. You know, it's it's that reassurance and that calmness beside him, and knowing where Buckley's going to be. That Buckley reads the game so well that if Banks is further up the pitch, that Buckley will have him covered and stuff like that. Yeah. It's just and Mahan's doing a bit of learning on the job, operating yeah. out of the right hand side as well, isn't he? Just one All thing right. that we're forgetting about lads. Um, one thing that we are, and we actually mentioned it at the, the start of the, the program, was that we don't know whether Bulge is going to be available or not. Because of the Would that guys. not have been released by now? And no, tomorrow. <sighs> tomorrow being Thursday. Thursday, uh, yeah. The 24th. Yeah, it normally comes out Thursday morning. I think the meeting Wednesday night and comes out Thursday morning. But oh. so we're doing a lot of talking about Collie playing in number 10, Jordan outright. Um, it could be more. It might Cawley. be a case of where Collie comes in for Bulger and it stays the same. Yeah, which yeah. will be disappointed because I think it's very much like for like. I hopefully that Bulger will be there. That Collie can go into the ten. Jordan can go out right, have a bit more freedom, bring uh, Horgan in behind uh, Jordan, and I just think like what Sean says. I think that gives us a good platform. Then if you're Buckley, in, like you're a different team. Then again, in my opinion. So finally, on this story, what do you think is going to happen on Saturday? Um. Well, if we have the team that I said we have, I think we, we can take it. I can think I think we can win one now, to be honest with you. Um, but a lot depends on whether Buckley is back and Budger is back. Okay. To get a little bit more on this, as we look ahead to the game on Saturday, we go across or behind enemy lines even, and we'll speak to uh, Jordan O'Reilly from the One Up Top podcast, which is a Bohemians fans podcast. We're joined by Jordan O'Reilly from uh, the Bohemians podcast called uh, One Up Top. Uh, they are about uh, nine episodes into uh, their project and um, you can get the podcast on Spotify and I guess uh, on all in all the usual places, Jordan, is that right? Yeah, anywhere but a bar app. For some reason, Apple won't have a bar of us. All I don't right, know if that's okay. because I have a Samsung or not, but they won't have a bar of us. All right, okay, okay. Um, where, where, so it's you and uh, who, who's your co-host? Uh, my friend Jamie Whelan, who we've known the last ten years since probably gone to games. And um, where did um, where did the the idea from the podcast come from, or why did you how did it start? 
Well, I suppose I could say 99% of the podcasts out there at the moment that came due to COVID-19 board in the house. And um, we, we know there was a market there, particularly for bowls. And we, were, we weren't actually too familiar that there was other clubs had one up until I heard I seen a tweet from Live, Live from Oriel, and there's like, or the, not Live from Oriel, so it was a, the, the press box one. Yeah. And we saw it, I just said, Jesus, it could be a bit of a market here. So we had to listen to a couple of them, and the ones that are around the league, those yourself, the three amigos down in Cork. And you know, uh, we just thought we might try around a bit of a spin on it, it's something a bit different to your, to your average league of one podcast. So it's it's not exactly a so nothing, it's not exactly a both bar, but people seem to find that's what they've enjoyed about it. It's a bit of a laugh, bit of crack, it's like four lads sitting in the bills. Yeah. And um, um, did uh, I, I was like I'm surprised that you'd imagine of all the clubs now that Bowles would have podcasts, uh, you know, left, right, and centre. Yeah, the hips, the hips, that club is you'd expect it. Yeah. So, so uh, how come it just it hasn't happened yet? Is that nobody uh, stepped up to the plate? No, the, the club obviously we're, we're an independent fan podcast. The club, the club have distanced themselves from us. Now, but fair, they, they do like it in fairness. Um, the club have set up their own one, but they've got it through YouTube now. I think it's called Reaver Television Bohemia, which is obviously a copy of RT in some regards. But they started that up after us. But no, we, we set it up and it was we started off basically we wanted to be a fan 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 podcast for fans so every week us two we'd nearly take a back seat we'd be like the hosts and we'd have people come on and speak their own the first week we'd two lads come on and talk about Dublin Derby their memories down here the second episode we got two lads who are around since the 90s and they came on and talk about European adventures mad stuff that's happened like so if you stuff you wouldn't hear if you, it's something you'd only hear in the pub after a game that probably shouldn't be on air um, following that then several games we sort of we, we said you know what we rolled the dice here we seen that Danny Grant was back in Dublin and we actually we have him on Instagram, so I gave him a text. If any any chance you fancy fancy doing this? And said I don't. I have to have a think about it. I have to clear with Huddersfield. I manage them. Say, I look, they don't need to know about this. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, looking at things on the pitch, um, it's been uh, it's been a slow burner for Bulls, but they're they're creeping uh, consistently in the right direction up the table. So um, what's what's behind? Um, What's behind the the um, the consistent moving up the table? Well, I think the slow start of the season, that's down to the overturn of players. And so well know that Keith Long has this horrible job every year where he seems to lose his best four or five players. Four or five need to come in. There was a period of start of the season where we were genuinely worried. Not fair in relegation, but we're kind of going, how has he got this so wrong? To a degree, he has got some wrong. He's got he brought in two strikers back up to Georgie Kelly, Alua, and Bradley Rolt, who got sent back from his long spell from Peter. Alua looks like he's already got one foot out the door. I don't think we'd be seeing him in a Bowles jersey. So George is our only man, and he wasn't fighting for him at all cylinders. And I was one of his heavier critics. I didn't think he was the man. I was at a couple of games, and he genuinely looked hopeless in some situations. Like Georgie with the rest of the team, now seems to be coming to fruition. So I think the implementation of Dawson Devoid to hold midfielder. Uh, Rust, he, he's, I don't know how to explain him. He's like a Jack Russell in number 10. He's relentless. He doesn't stop. So I think a lot of it's coming to click together now. And I think it's, I think so like we're the best team we've played this season. But the football we've been playing the last six, seven weeks have, have been the best I've ever seen balls play over the last 10 years. The best ever over the last 10 years? Over the last ten years, the football—it's—it's it's all on the ball. It's—it's on the ground. I think it's mainly down to the likes of Devoy, Ali Kilkenny, and Board. All these well-drilled technical players. Yeah, um, like no more than yourself. We were uh, having a good laugh at Georgie Kelly saying um, we wouldn't touch him with a barge pole, um, but I suppose it's the world of being in a, it's a, it's the world of a striker. Things just turned for you, and um, 
and you know everything everything he's touching now is ending up in the back of the net which is um a game changer i suppose for for any club and when things are so tight um it's it just it turns it can turn things around for a club but you're saying it's not all down to the man up top um all over the pitch you're getting performances yeah, at the moment, we seem to be getting all over. It probably rolled into it. The problem I found with Kelly was it wasn't down to work rate and it wasn't down to effort. I put it down to ability. I just didn't think that one. Unfortunately, we didn't call him missing last year, but when the ball dropped him, you know, he was going to put it into the back of the net. He wouldn't do much running around. He wouldn't work as Harris off for the rest of the team. But when he got that chance, the ball dropped him. And we didn't find that with Kelly. We found he was down to hard work, but when, it came, when the moment dropped him, it, it didn't happen. And he got a hat-trick and he got four goals. Uh, but what I really wanted to see is what he'd done on Monday. He didn't get about the game himself. He wasn't overly involved, but he got that one chance and he took it. Yeah. He's top goal scorer as well in the league at this stage as well. So um, his confidence is going to be sky high uh, going into the game on Saturday. Um, we, uh, Sligo Rovers, have hit a rocky patch. I think it's fair to say. We have a lot of injuries. Uh, we were just talking about it on the podcast. Our back four, our regular back four that was performing so well has been pretty much decimated. We've got one out of four um, in situ. So are you uh, are you confident uh, going into the game? You'd said that the best team you played so far was Rovers, but um, and maybe things are turning a little bit. Are you confident going into the game? Yeah, I suppose. We had a talk called me three weeks ago before you just hit that dip in form. We go, we might go to the showgrounds and probably take a draw there if we can. But the fact that both teams are sort of turned over each other's forms, both have come into fruition, as I said, and Sligo seem to have taken that dip. I think we're probably coming to a stage now as well. We, we've, we've come off the back of midweek games, several midweek games. I know the mid-season break was there, but we've gone straight back into a Friday-Monday situation. And now we're coming into Europe. Um, I'm not too sure how you use all yourselves up in Europe. If you fancy getting through around and all, we think we really do fancy ourselves get through around. That's that's more games. That's going to add more pressure to the squad. And as you said, Soigo are struggling with injuries. That's going to, be, going to get hammered even more. No more than ourselves. What, what do you like injury-wise? You're, you're, you're doing okay, aren't you? We've, we had a bad start to the season. Uh we had Bashan here with several players. Stephen Manham was out from the get-go. We are missing uh, James Frinity was out. The broken arm, Andy Lyons was out. But now, I think we've got a full squad to pick from, from this Saturday. Manham was out again on Monday. He seems to be made of glass, but he's back and looks like we're full team ready to rock in the showgrounds. Sean, I know what you're going to ask. Away you go. Yeah, Jordan, just on that, the first name you mentioned there is Bashan Harry. What's what's happened? What's the story? Yeah, I suppose it's a great question, isn't it? Um we don't really know. We, in fact, we saw him bashing here. Obviously, there was rumours that he was going to Pax and we seen to nip it, literally nip it from under their noses. I think we all thought, we, I thought, from what I've seen him play against Bowles, we've seen the best player in the league, particularly mm-hmm. on this day. Anytime he played Bowles, he was like, he wasn't even from this world. He's come in, I think he came out against Longford for the last 10 minutes. We were tuning up. He gave he gave away the fourth goal. Like, literally, he was pissing around with it on the edge of his box. They scarf him. And I think Keith Long's a bit... Keith Long's a strange, he's a weird manager. Like sometimes when you when he's lost that trust in you, you don't get it back now. What I've heard from Linfield fans is he he actually didn't get a run out in the league really last year either, which is strange enough. You think he would have pissed it up in that league. But what they did say about Bashan here is he literally got Linfield through those two or three rounds of Europe single handedly. And if he does half a balls, he's paid off all his wages for the whole year if he gets through one round. Um you're playing Icelandic opposition um as we are. Um, have you done any research into what do you know about them? Well, Stan and uh, they've actually qualified. So they haven't qualified. They've had mixed results down the last couple of years, this season in the league. I think 
last week they were second from bottom and at one stage they're bottom of the league and during live score we were checking it out but I think they've got a couple of results now so maybe they're coming in, similar to us maybe they're a slow start of the season they're coming at the farm but uh, I don't think we've had to fear I think we're really going to go into this European toy and we're expecting to go through And you're going to play in your home games in the Aviva so there'll be a heap of Bulls fans in the game I suppose yeah, well, I suppose Mr. Hillenham will have to decide to put the, the rubber stamp over that. But yeah, we're expecting to have the minimum of all our season ticket holders and members, which would equate to maybe two and a half thousand. Hopefully, we get six or seven thousand. I'm sure there, there won't be the Irish general public won't be quick, won't be slow on jumping on a ticket into the Viva for a European match, no matter who they support. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, seen there today in the Irish Sun, Jordan, uh, that uh, Chris Twardek is uh, looking for a new club. Do you think Bose would be interested in resigning him or? Do you have enough cover in those positions? Uh, well, I'll have a bit of a funny story here for you now, actually. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm not sure when he might be at the start of the season. I, I made up a rumour that uh, Twardek <laughs> was being let go. And basically, the manager got changed. The manager did get changed. <laughs> it just happened to be I made it up and that week he <laughs> got changed. So I, I, I sent him with lads Twardek. Apparently, he's gone and done dark or interest. So rumour word got round and supposedly there might have been a phone call made from uh, the management of Bohemians to Chris Twardick to see where he was. But look, you, you take him back in a heartbeat. I'm sure you would as well. I'm not well, you might hold a bit of bitterness against him but for, for joining Bowles. But, but I think I'll take him back. He might not get into the starting level at the Bowles at the moment, but his pace and his directness, I think, would be brilliant from the bench. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would. I, we have our own WhatsApp group and uh, I was one of the ones like... Uh, regardless of what's gone on in the past, I'd be taken back in a heartbeat too. I think it's just, as you said, there's directness, his pace, his power. There's not many like yeah. him in the league. And his unpredictability, like whether it's through uh, raw talent or um, God knows what, it's hard to know where he's going to go and what exactly he's going to do. And he does create havoc when when he gets a bit of uh, a bit of pace up, like you know. Yeah, his final ball probably lets him down, but as you said, you don't know what you're going to get from him and he's going to cause trouble no matter who he plays. I think his performances did improve with Bowles. I think he he definitely played better um, in, in with Bowles than he did with us. I don't know. More complete you... performances with Bowles. Yeah. yeah. The final ball improved, I think, up in Daily Mount. Yeah. Um, okay, well, listen, Jordan, thanks a million for joining us. Um, we wish you no uh, luck at the weekend, <laughs> but we wish you every success with, uh, with the podcast going forward. Cheers, thanks very much, and yourselves. Cheers for having me on. That's Jordan O'Reilly from the One Up Top podcast, as I said, the Bohemians fan-led podcast. And um, we thanks to him, thanks to we thank him for his time. Okay, so um, the last thing we want to talk about, and we've been talking about this, uh, it was suggested about two weeks ago on this podcast about getting some uh, Slug Rovers fans out to the White Hag Brewery to uh, drink some of their beer and potentially to watch a game. So the wheels are moving, lads, and we've been um, discussing things on our WhatsApp group and we've been sending emails to uh, Aaron O'Aaron. Uh, we've been sending emails to the White Hag. And we had toyed around with the idea of possibly watching the first European game there, um, but we are not sure if that might just be coming a little bit too soon, Jerry. Is that what we think? Yeah, um, I think it's just a little bit too soon. And just with the, the government's restrictions and things like that, so... Yeah. We're not sure in regards of announcements. Uh, so I think the best thing is probably to give ourselves a little bit more time, Connor. So we're just kind of marking people's cards and I suppose we're kind of looking at um, the Waterford away game, which is falling on Sunday, July 18th. Uh, and we're, we're going to try and work something around that. Obviously, as you said, Jerry, um, government yeah. restrictions are, um, are going to come into play here. 
And you've made a point. Um, so we are looking at this uh, July 18th date, which is a Sunday. And the government usually make announcements on the Monday. So that could play a factor in whether we can we can get people out there. But generally speaking, what are we looking at? We're trying to get, you know, 40, 50, maybe 60 uh, Slagger Rovers fans out to the White Hag, as um, Bob Coggins had said on the podcast a number of weeks ago, uh, to take in a game out there, uh, to to drink a bit of beer, uh, Get in an ideal world, we're going to get the train out there and get the train back. So there's no messing around with driving or any of that. And things do work on the Sunday in relation to the train. Yeah. Um, look, the beauty about the, the Waterford away game on the 18th of July is that it's a four o'clock kickoff. So it gives the and it fits in perfect with the train times. I think we'd be out there an hour before kickoff and then we'll have two hours after kickoff and obviously the hour half of the game. Yeah. So it gives us about five hours out in the brewery. Um, you'll be back in Slidewater at quarter past eight so um, you know you can have a few beers you can head out after if you want it or you can head home with work and that mm-hmm. the next morning and um, yeah. so I think it's the ideal scenario and it's great that, that it's kind of falling at four o'clock for us but this, I think it'll be mad crack yeah it'll be incredible crack uh, and th- what we're doing here is I mean aside from having a few beers and watching a bit of football is we're uh, it's a fundraiser that the trust is organising um we're trying to raise a couple of quid um, that ultimately will uh, end up uh, with rovers in some in some shape or form. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna it'll, you'll be given a price, and we envisage that we will, you know, you'll make your booking or you, you'll buy your ticket for the event on the Bitter Red Supporters Trust website. Uh, we haven't set the price yet, but we're you know or maybe I won't say too much about price, but it'll be it'll be definitely be incredible value for money. And um, I guess what we're doing by this conversation is just as I said, marking your card for that kind of July 18th date. And um, as we firm things up a little bit more, um, like it's definitely going to happen. It's just when it's going to happen. Yeah. And um, like, it's a mad idea. Like what other club, like, you know, um, gets a, a sports uh, trust or a group, you know, gets a train out to a brewery, watches the game out there on the big screen, have a look, you know, drink as much as you want and get the yeah. train back again. Like that's the, you know, as football fans, you're always looking for that, something different, that bit of an experience. Uh, let's you know maybe COVID's given us an opportunity to do something unique um, and that's what the trust is all about trying to do unique things with fans a bit of crack and a few bears on football what more that's yep. utopia well Dunard I mean the big question is can we organise a piss up in a brewery that's can we, <laughs> can we do it <laughs> we'll more than do it trust me we'll more trust, than the trust. It. trust the trust trust the trust trust the trust um Magoo, um What's your, what, what are your thoughts on this? Um, you know, we're limiting the amount of time that we're going to spend in the brewery, I think, which is the key thing. You know, particularly for partners and family members and employers who, you know, have, to whom we have responsibilities. You're muted there, Magoo. He's not, he's just speechless at the idea. <laughs> yeah. I was saying, and I was saying, and for Bob himself, I, I'd say yeah. it's great that we're limited for our time out there because I'm sure he doesn't want us to eat just hanging around all night. Yeah. So, and if you think, yeah, if he thinks, if he thinks, well, if he thinks we're ages now, he sees us after four hours in the tasting white hag. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, all relationships will be null and void afterwards. Um, okay, <laughs> what, stays so, in, what happens in value mode stays in value mode. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's it. We just wanted to let you know a little bit more. So the wheels are definitely moving. This is going to happen. So just um, be aware of it. Keep an eye on the social media. Obviously, we'll talk about it more on the podcast and um, podcasts to come. And keep an eye on the Bitter, uh, Trust, Bitter Red Supporters Trust website uh, for more information on it. So just before we finish up, a uh, reminder uh, in relation to the White Hag. 
And actually, the other thing just to say is uh, congratulations and well done on um, the aftermatch receptions, which have come to a conclusion now um, on YouTube. Um, in light of the opening up of society, I suppose there's maybe less demand for it, although you wouldn't know from the, rece the reception that you got on social media when you uh, said that you were bringing it to a close. But um, we will be giving away a case of White Hag um, using our beer scorecast hashtag as we do every week um, on social media. So just tag the trust, uh, tag the White Hag, use the hashtag beer scorecast, predict the score against Bohemians, and you'll be with a chance of winning. If you get the score right, you'll be with a chance of winning a case of White Hag beer. Thanks to all our sponsors, uh, the White Hag, and to Barry Creed Solicitors in Sligo in Dublin uh, without their support. Uh, we wouldn't be doing this, so thanks many to them. Anything else before we finish up, lads? No, just looking forward to the game on Saturday night, and hopefully we can we can do the business. And uh, look, then we have the, the European come, games coming hot and heavy on the back of that, so it's it's good times, and we're turning the league. So hey, yeah. that's not to like. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Jerry, thank you. Cheers, Connor. Shane, thanks a million. Cheers, Connor. Cheers, lads. Donor will talk to you next week. There's Connor. See you after, boys. And hopefully the next time we speak to you, we'll have a little bit more news on um, on the trip to the brewery. Yeah. Uh, and on the back of that, it's good luck. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Brilliant. Brilliant. Brilliant.